Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. We're here to inform, educate, and support parents from the early years and beyond. I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle, and I have with me today my co-host, Heather Fox. Hi, everyone. Hi, Heather. And today, via telephone all the way from London, England, we are welcoming again Sue Atkins. Hi, Sue. Hello. Welcome, everyone. Hello. So Sue is a parenting expert, author, broadcaster, consultant, speaker, and of course, a mom of two beautiful kids. So today, Sue, we are talking about bedwetting. Yes, it is a very interesting subject because it's exhausting, frustrating, and very difficult. I mean, parenting's hard work as it is, but you add in bedwetting and it can be very challenging. But I think that why I want to talk about it really is because I want parents to know that they're not alone. About 40% of three-year-olds wet the bed. And, you know, children sort of grow out of it round about the age of five or six. But some children still work from time to time until they're 10 or 12 years old. And I know firsthand, because my daughter, Molly, she struggled with bedwetting for many years. So, you know, you do begin to wonder, is it ever going to stop? But I think it's helpful, you know, to, to know some tips about it, to know that it's a medical condition, that it's not your child's fault, and they actually will grow out of it with patience, kindness, and love. When I was little, I used to wet my bed, and I was potty trained all the way until my brother showed up. <laughs> surprise, surprise. And after that, it was down the drain for quite a long time. And I remember I was probably six, seven or eight year old because I was old enough to go and wash my own bed, my own bedding. So my mom would say, well, if you have an accident now, you're old enough, no problem, but you have to wash your own bed. And let me tell you, that stopped it. <laughs> but I was much older, right? I think I was six, seven, eight year old, or maybe even, I wouldn't say nine, but I was around eight year old for sure at that time. And my mom kind of had enough. So I'm sharing this because I'm curious, why might our children be wetting their bed, Sue? Well, it's actually called nocturnal enuresis. And of course, children don't wet the bed on purpose. They're not being lazy. They're not deliberately doing it. Your story there is definitely linked to your brother being born. You may have felt worried that, you know, he's going to usurp you. You, you were a little bit upset about him perhaps coming into the family. Where are, where are you going to be in this family now? But most children, that, that's sort of like a little trauma. And, and some children wet the bed when they are worried about something like at school or sometimes they've had a few nightmares and things like that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's very common and you have to kind of be a detective really sometimes to find out perhaps if there's a reason to it. But with other children, like my daughter, for example, she was a very heavy sleeper and, you know, she wasn't able to, to recognize or wake up that, you know, she needed to go to the toilet in the night. Um, and, and a lot of children are like that. They are very deep sleepers. So you have to kind of work out if there is something that's doing it, for example, Uh, if you're going through a divorce or there's been a change or a bereavement or something has changed in the family, then that might trigger it uh, in, in the child because they're anxious and they're worried. But other than that, 
it could be just that they are their bladders are not really that strong and you have to build up their muscles and the interesting thing about uh, bedwetting is that children who bedwet sometimes don't drink enough during the day because that actually helps their bladder and their muscles get stronger but of course it's best to avoid drinks for at least an hour before bedtime and of course drinks that don't contain caffeine like cola or tea or coffee or hot chocolate because they tend to increase the urge to go to the loo you know they make you want to wee so it's also important throughout the day for children to go to the toilet regularly because sometimes they don't like to do that they hold on to their you know going to the loo and they're worried about it so it's also important to build up your child's self-esteem it's not something they're doing deliberately i know it can be exhausting because it can be night after night after night so one simple thing that we even did is we got plastic sheets we got plastic duvet cover type stuff so that if molly did have an accident in the night it wasn't this you know this huge business of having to strip the bed and change all the linen and do all that sort of stuff and we kept it pretty matter of fact and we made sure that we were unkind or anything around it but there is there are lots of causes to bedwetting it can be genetic actually um, a lot of teenagers if they suffer from it too it's usually one or other of their parents uh, may have had that problem themselves because it does pass through the generations sometimes it can be a medical condition like diabetes or sometimes it can be a hormonal problem and you know children with ADHD perhaps um, have problems sometimes with that. Sometimes, as we said, it can be a psychological problem associated with stress. So, Sue, how can we help them stop bedwetting? Well, one of the simple ways, as I say, is to you can you can start a sort of reward scheme. But remember that bedwetting isn't something your child can control. Sometimes it's just a physical thing. Their bladders are not well developed. The muscles are not developed. So if you're going to use a reward system, it's not based on whether they wet the bed or not. Instead, it's better to give rewards for things like having plenty of drinks throughout the day. If you reward that, that encourages a good and better habit. And remembering if they perhaps have had a wee before they go to bed. But if the reward scheme isn't working after about a week, then it's best to probably stop that and try something else. But never punish your child or withdraw treats if they wet the bed because that can make them feel even more under stress and they feel already, you know, usually anxious and a bit embarrassed about it. Um, I think one of the, you know, managing bedwetting, some tips for that is make sure your child has access to the toilet at night. For example, if they're sleeping in a bunk bed, make sure that they're sleeping on the bottom bunk. Uh, another simple thing is to leave on a light in the bathroom and put your child's seat on the toilet if they need to jump up onto that. Um, I've mentioned waterproof covers on the mattress and the duvet. Um, you know, my, my mother-in-law, bless her, she used to, when she used to come to stay, she used to you know, go in and sort of carry Molly to the toilet before she went to bed because she thought that would help. But actually, that really doesn't do anything because the child themselves are so deep asleep. It's, um, you know, it's not really, it didn't really help anything. So avoid doing that, really. That's an old wives' tale. Um, as you said yourself, older children, if they wet the bed, may want to help you change the bedding at night so that they have clean bedding and night clothes handy. So keep it all handy and don't make a fuss about it and you get into a bit of a routine about it. And then if you're worried, go and talk to your doctor uh, because I know that Molly used to have uh, a bed wetting alarm. 
But actually, it was quite funny in the end because I was in the, the bedroom next door or down the corridor and I was the one that used to wake up when it used to go off and Molly was still deep asleep. But um, there are all sorts of things that you can sort of do to help your child. Often the alarm does help some children to, you know, when, it, when they start to wee, it wakes them up and then they can jump up and go to the toilet. So, yeah, there are medicines as well. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm not a great advocate of using medicines all the time, but, for example, when Molly was about nine, I think she wanted to do a sleepover so we'd been to the doctor and we got some tablets that would just help her for that night because she would be rather embarrassed to go to someone's house and have a, a wet bed if she was doing a sleepover and I didn't she didn't want to be left out and all of that sort of thing. As you mentioned earlier you talked about bedwetting alarm is that a good idea? Well that's where they start with Um, it's a little thing that you just wear and, and when you start to, you know, if there's a, if the child starts to go to the loo, it will wake them up because a lot of children, uh, you know, sleep deeply. I also know that uh, hypnosis is a very good help. Uh, there's a wonderful um, website, actually, and a lovely CD that people can listen to, to Linda Hudson, who I know uh, quite well. She, she has some CDs or their MP3s called Control Your Bladder Good Morning by Linda Hudson. Her name is Linda with a Y. Um, and you can find out more about that if people are interested. Not on my website, but it's firstwayforward.com um, because that's a nice, gentle way. They listen to some stories and, you know, it starts to help their unconscious get used to the idea of coming up from a very deep sleep to be aware of your bladder and that you need to go to the loo. As you mentioned earlier, uh, sometimes it's a good idea to go to the doctor, but when should we call the doctor? Well, you don't need to call the doctor. Um, it's, not a, it's not a dangerous thing. The thing to do is go and talk to the doctor about, you know, there are lots of different ways to discuss bedwetting with your child so that they don't feel anxious. You can buy books as well, read books about bedwetting. There's a great book called Everything a Child Needs to Know About Bedwetting by Dr. Yumala, which is written for children aged 6 to 12. And it, it just tells the story of Ben and Daisy, who are both bedwetters, and how they become dry at night. So, you know, kids then will find out that bedwetting is a common condition, that they're not alone. It will get better. And it's a lovely little book because it's full of humor and fun activities as well and a quiz. And that helps children normalize it you know, until they, they grow out of it, because that's actually what happens. They grow out of it. And having any humor around any issues like this, like you say, Sue, would normalize it and probably reduce their anxiety. And Yeah, and, and the, the balance with that is to make sure that, you know, it's gentle humor, it's not teasing, and to make sure you teach your other children not to laugh at or humiliate the child that is bedwetting, whether they're older or whether they're younger, because this is something that you need to talk and teach your children about supporting each other as a family and we work as a team. We don't, you know, it's one of my core values, kindness and patience and tolerance. So making sure that your other children don't laugh or, or you know, are unkind around the child who is bedwetting. Yeah, that's important. Sue, we can find you on our panel of experts at parenttalk.ca. Where else can we find you? You can find me on thesueatkins.com, the one and only Sue Atkins, because there's another lady called Sue Atkins sitting on a yacht 
who uh, who took the domain name. So I am the Sumac <laughs> King. Come along and find out. Um, <laughs> come and join my webinar, uh, which if you either come live to it or we have got it on my parenting club, I do videos as well, um, telling you all sorts of tips around bedwetting that are just, you know, one or two minutes long that you can watch and go, oh, that's a great tip. I'm going to try that. So I'm passionate to give things in bite-sized bits so it's not too overwhelming. So anything like that around bedwetting or self-esteem, come over and check me out and you can find all sorts of resources to help you. Well, thank you, Sue. I think it's time for a conversation card. Are you ready, Sue? I'm ready. Go I am. All right, Heather, can you please pick a card and read it to us? All right. So today our question is, is space exploration important? Well, yes. Space exploration is fascinating. I mean, I absolutely love learning about all sorts of things because I think it's just so interesting to discover what might be out there. So I've got a real growth mindset. I'm intrigued and I think space exploration is very important. I definitely agree with you. I think it's completely fascinating. I know my dad's very into watching a lot of the documentary shows and things like that they have on different things that they've discovered. And he's constantly telling me new discoveries and new things they've found. And um, But I definitely believe that I, there's got to be more, more to it than just us. So I really think it's fascinating what they're doing in the space exploration field. Yeah, same here. I think it's very important. And I'm always curious about what's happening on Mars. You know, there's always this like, they found bacteria up there and there's life. And I'm, I don't know, I always, when I see that on the news, I always tuned in and listen. And yeah, I think it's, it could be our future, right? All right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that concludes today's episode. I want to thank you, Sue and Heather, for taking the time to be here. Oh, pleasure. My pleasure. It's been a joy. Thank you very much for having me. Well, thank you, Sue. And thank you for your contribution in other parents' lives, helping us be the best parents we can be. For our listeners, if you want to hear a little bit more about Heather and I, we are releasing some mini episodes called Real Moms Moments, where we talk about what's happening in our daily lives as moms. If you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Twitter, Google Play, or any platform that you like. Or you can subscribe directly to this podcast on our website so you don't miss an episode of Parent Talk. Please take a minute to review us. We want to know what you think. Remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents and sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for listening and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner. Thank you.